From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about what you can do in those moments when you aren't feeling it when it comes to having sex. And I found this anonymous quote that talks about, you know, the things, what you do when you aren't feeling it. And it says, you can never expect to succeed if you only put in work on the days you feel like it. True in life. That's the truth. True in marriage. True when it comes to your sexual intimacy. We're going to be talking about that in today's episode. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage episode with a hug. And really, a hug's an opportunity to celebrate what you're doing in your marriage, to to talk about where you've been intentional, to see the breakthroughs, and to share them with the entire One family. And this hug comes from a direct message on Instagram that we received that just started with a great big thank you. Mm. I just discovered One Extraordinary Marriage, and I'm about halfway through the book, The Six Pillars of intimacy. Thank you for following your calling. The book and the podcast have really opened my eyes to so many areas of marriage where we have wins and opportunities. Come on. I love changing the focus from places where a couple is like only thinking about the things that aren't working and focusing, refocusing them on wins and opportunities. She goes on to say, just this week, my husband of three years and I have had more connection than ever. Mm. Just talking about the book and listening to a few episodes. Thank you again for what you do and investing in our extraordinary marriage process. Mm. I love that. And it doesn't matter if you've been married three years or 30 years, you can be there. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter. Start listening, start applying, start taking action, start reading the book. If you haven't picked up the book, go to sixpillarsofintimacy.com, grab it, start going into it, start looking at those pillars. Mm-hmm. Which one can you which one can you tackle? Today, we're going to be tackling sexual intimacy pillar. Well, a little bit of emotional intimacy. Well, thriving. yeah, I mean, <laughs> emotional intimacy is always in there. I feel like no matter no matter which pillar you're going to talk engage in emotional intimacy jumps in but this one when we're talking about i don't feel like having sex 100 we're, we're dead center on i would say sexual intimacy pillar which for those of you that do have the book this is chapter 10 in the six pillars of intimacy book is all on sexual intimacy uh, but we we're having this conversation this past week in our house mm-hmm. about you know quote feeling it when it comes to having sex kind of that desire feeling and i, I have to tell you all i mean it's no surprise if you've listened to any of the last almost 14 years of this episode. Um, it podcast. Is, yes, podcast. <laughs> That's a whole nother joke, podcast episode. Well, no, no, show. you said of this episode, and, and it's, it's, a, it's fair, the podcast, fair, 14 fair, fair. years of the podcast. Well, and it's probably because I'm just getting distracted talking about the topic. But it is rare for me to spontaneously think about having sex and act on it. I mean, we've, we've talked about it over the years. It is a much more like the intimacy lifestyle for us scheduling sex, knowing it was going to be on the calendar. Like that has been such a huge help to me because it, there are very few moments when it, the thought just pops into my head and I think, oh my gosh, I want to have sex right now. Like Tari and I have been married almost 27 years. Almost. Almost. And, and you have to know, I do find Tony attractive. Uh, he does know how to arouse me. So it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing in the bedroom. Um, it's just that sometimes and oftentimes I'm not feeling it. And on the on the other side of this, I would say early on 
in our marriage, I could always feel it. And it was just sort of like, yep, look at Elisa, boom, you know, erection, like, let's go. Difference being now, I am 50, and I have noticed, though, over probably the last decade, and more so in maybe the last half of the decade, where, yeah, there are times when I'm just sort of like, cool, like, would I love to have sex? Sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm not my 30-year-old self, where I'm just, oh, wow, I just saw Elisa and I have an erection. Like... I see Elisa and I'm like, wow, she's hot. It doesn't happen like that right now for me. So I'm, I have seen where Elisa has been more on one side of this. I've sort of spanned the, the whole spectrum and it's very interesting as a guy to be in that place and just have a wherewithal and understanding like, oh wow, this, like my body's changing. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's changed. So there, there's, we, we both have had different experiences here throughout our marriage. And, you know, I think underlying this is the fact that, that you and I both know, like when we have sex, it's going to be good. A lot of times it's even going to be great. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like, oh, is this going to be like a mediocre type? Like we're not having that conversation. Just a couple of days ago. But yes, just a couple of days ago. But it's making that jump from, I'm not thinking about, I'm not feeling it to getting to the point of we're having like, like there's a chasm sometimes where it's like, I'm not feeling it. And, you know, th- truth be told, these are kind of the random conversations that Tony and I do have about our sexual intimacy. You know, we're talking about this. I, I feel very comfortable because we've spent the last 13 and a half years having at least one conversation about our marriage. So we've really built this emotional intimacy. So I feel comfortable being able to tell him like, hey, sometimes I'm not feeling it. And, you know, being able to even have these types of conversations with your spouse, that is skill development. Mm-hmm. Like this does, I, I would not have told Tony probably 15, 20 years ago, like, oh, you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like having sex with you because that would have been really awkward for us and maybe even a little challenging, but we've gone into this place and, and, and start focusing. And, and that's even why we do episodes like this to start talking about it with you guys. So you can listen to the podcast. It becomes that jumping off point of the two of you being able to have a conversation that maybe you couldn't initiate on your own because this topic about like feeling it and wanting it, like it is a tug of war that a lot of couples deal with. And, and the tug of war generally, you know, it does have a name for a lot of you. Um, a lot of you refer to it as the high desire, low desire, mm-hmm. you know, tug of war, one's on one side, one's on the other. And, you know, I was really challenged this week, even in prepping for this particular episode to, to think, start thinking through, what if there was a different way to look at it? What if bridging that chasm isn't about the fact that I don't desire to have sex, but like I personally, and even Tony, as he's gone through just some of these changes, like we need to think about what, where's the arousal component in getting to the place where we're both like, oh yeah, yeah, I do want it. Like we want to figure out how to flip this desire mechanism. And you know, what Tony and I know after all these years is that if we're having a conversation about something, likely there's been a few of you in the one family that have also had similar conversations. Yeah. Or have at least thought about it. Yeah. And look at, we have talked about marriage from many a different angles. We have talked about high desire, low desire. We've talked about initiating. We've talked about arousal. And all of those are important. Everything we we discuss here are conversations that happen in marriage at different seasons, at different times, at different places, and need to be had. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe each of us are growing in different ways and in different places individually and as a couple. And so as we look at this, though, 
we're going to bring up sort of a different perspective for you to look at. And it's one that we're addressing and looking at, as Elisa said, as she was looking at this episode and how do we, how do we address this Mm -hmm. and what have we been going through? Because we're also learning. We're also on this journey with you guys because the Tony that started, you know, and stepped into marriage at 23 is very different than the Tony that is 50 years old. And I would assume the same is for you. Even this hug that we heard from today, been married three years. There's a difference from day one when we said I do to the time they are right now. Mm-hmm. And you could be the same at 5, 15, 20, 30 years, 40 years. So always remember that we're on different journeys and hopefully this discussion will open up something for you and both of you so that way you can enjoy your sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, around this topic, this past week on Instagram, we we asked you know just some questions about what this had looked like in your marriage. And one of the questions we asked was, have you ever had sex when you weren't feeling it and had a great encounter with your spouse? 90% of you said yes. Which is... Okay, so last week we talked about taking a shower with your spouse, which 71% of you have or do not on a weekly basis take a shower with your spouse, which I found same was like, polling. Same, like, which I found like fascinating because I thought that number would be much lower. You know what I'm saying? In yeah, terms of like, yeah. it, we just got more couples shower together. Right. And this number to me, I thought would be on the other side would be much lower as well. But from a different reason, because 90% of you have said, yes, like I wasn't feeling it, but we had great sex. We had, so I just love one. I just want to say, I just love the one family. Well, and this is why we ask you guys, like I'm not going to, you know, Dr. Google or Professor Google and asking the questions on what do people say? We want to know what's happening in this audience. That's why we go to, you know, where we have community on Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, when we asked you why or what are some of the reasons why you don't feel like it? Like, what's that block, Mm -hmm. the obstacle, the challenge, whatever it might be. And, you know, you brought up some really good points. You talked about not having connection through the day. Mm hmm. Right. It, it can be hard to just go through all of the demands of the day and then, you know, flip a switch at the end of the day and be like, OK, let's have sex. You know, you talked about being too tired or too distracted. I mean, I just had a coaching call with a couple where there's like an hour commute and two young children and, you know, all of the demands of, you know, having young kids and, and jobs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When they fall into bed at 839 o'clock, they're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. They're not feeling it. Somebody actually, one of the responses, and I love this response is, I forget how amazing it can be. Truth. I have been there. Like that one, I was like, oh, this is somebody that knows the inside of my head. Yeah, Yeah, see, for me, I'm like, no, I always know it's amazing. I don't forget how amazing it is. I think I just get distracted and and over the years have have been in this place, you know, that I can totally relate to the distraction one because like I can get so focused on all the other things that have to get done that I forget that, oh no, you know what? I'm actually going to like this. Mm. Like this is something I really do enjoy because I'm like, oh, this has got to get done. That's got to get done. You know, people talked about, you know, just being the same old thing all the time. Mm. So not feeling it because it's kind of like, well, I, I know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. We've had seasons in our marriage where it was, you know, step one, step two, step three, orgasm, step four, done. You know, that's what it looks like. People talked about being stressed or having too much on my mind or, you know, on your minds. And 
and I can see the, those two definitely have taken me out of the game at times mm-hmm. for for sure. Um, and, and so I can totally relate to those. Well, and it's interesting because 90% of you ha- have been in this place where you weren't feeling it. Then you did choose to be sexually intimate with your spouse and you ended up having a great encounter. But what was so fascinating, and this came out of a coaching conversation I had with a client, is that not everyone experiences desire before arousal. So think about that for like most most research or and you know a lot of things that you hear in regards to sexual intimacy will talk about the fact, and this is where the high desire, low desire, you know, dichotomy comes in, that you have to have desire before you step into this place of getting aroused. Well, in, in that desire is some sort of feeling internally um, that you, you that you're having. Right. That that's a way I physically, mentally, you're like, I want to do this. Yes. And so my coaching client had uh, you know, suggested this TED talk um, by Doctor or yeah Michelle Weiner Davis, who mm-hmm. is out of Colorado. We'll actually do a link to it because it was a fascinating TED talk, and she was talking about desire. But she referenced um, Doctor Deborah Bassan, who has a different model of this. You know, instead of this linear path, she talks about it being more circular. That you can actually, and I want you to hear this, you can actually step into arousal to jumpstart desire. So you're doing the action, which mm. might sound a little familiar if you've listened to this episode, you know, this podcast before where we talk about, you know, um, actions come before feelings. Yep. <laughs> like you got to take action and change the feelings. So can you step into the actions that create arousal so that you do have a desire for sex so that you get into this place where you're like, oh yeah, I want to do this. A- and I will tell you hearing that, like blew my mind because I literally read this and I'm like, that's me. Well, and as you were sharing it with me, I was like, that's where we are in our sexual intimacy right now. So true. And we talk about initiating and we've had just some, even recently some episodes about initiating. And in, in, in that sense, I think for Elisa and I, it's the, it's the fun little thing that we do that lets one another know that we are going to have sex. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not necessarily like I'm super like desiring Elisa or she's super desiring me. It's more of because we've lived out our intimacy lifestyle now for 14 years and it's more of 14, 15 years. Yeah. About long time. Long time. Long time. Um, but it's more of, it's like, that's our initiating. The initiating isn't like, I'm desiring you. It's just letting you know that today, tonight, tomorrow, whatever, we're going to have sex. Mm-hmm. But once, like getting into bed, I'm not sitting there like, oh my gosh, like I'm still in a place of going, I got to get my desire up. Mm-hmm. Because truth be told, and I'm going to say this, probably 90% of the time for me right now, right now, now, I'm not saying this is when I was 30. I'm saying right now. I probably go to bed. I come to bed knowing we're going to have sex without an erection. And so even in myself, it's like, I know I want to do, I want to, I know I want to get there, but I even need to be aroused. Because you're not necessarily like, like, you know, the action's going to happen. You're, you're, you can think of, but there isn't this like, I'm feeling it right now. Like, right. let's have sex. And so for us men, us husbands, we need to let our wives know this. I am going to speak to you guys. It's okay if you go to bed 
knowing you're going to have sex and don't have an erection. I had to overcome this. It was tough. I, I played way too many mind games with myself and was having lackluster sex until I just let Elisa know like, Hey, I just like her, like I'm going to need to be aroused. I'm going to need you to stimulate me. So let's, let's enjoy our sexual intimacy. Cause let's remember sexual intimacy also encompasses foreplay. Mm-hmm. So let's have more foreplay, which then will bring that arousal upon us and the desire. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's so much to unpack in this. There is. And so let's do that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're back and we're talking about how to navigate that situation when you aren't feeling it, when you don't have that, those feelings of desire, but you know that it'll be good once you get to having sex. And what I love about this, this research that Dr. Bassan has done is it allows us to be in this place, especially those of us that have quote unquote labeled ourselves or been labeled as low desire to step into a place where we can do something about Mm. it. Because I think even myself, I kind of fell victim to over the years of just, well, if you're the low desire spouse, that's just kind of who you are and that's your identity and you know, so be it. But then over, you know, especially over the last few years, I would find like, like I really enjoy sex with Tony. Oh, she totally does. Like, right. well, once she gets into it, I'm like, especially afterwards, I'm like, you had a really good time. You enjoyed yourself. She's like, oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, why couldn't we have gone there like, you know, before? But understanding and learning one another and where we are, it's like, oh, wow. Yes. So instead of being in this place where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm low desire or I've got to wrestle with my feelings of desire. And I think some of you have even figured this out, you know, just based on your responses to the next question I'm going to share with you guys. But Tony and I started getting into this place where we realized like, hey, it may not be I want to rip your clothes off right now, but we know we're going to have sex. We're going to start engaging in the actions, mm-hmm. engaging in the actions that create arousal. And through that arousal, there is the desire to have sex. The actions come before the feelings, people. Like, I don't know how many of you are going to have the same light bulb moment. And I, I'm totally paraphrasing 
the research and whatnot, but the TED talk led me to the research and, and all these things. And we're just bringing it into the podcast episode for you, but, but getting into this place of going, well, you know, if I'm not feeling it, you know, but I know we have such an incredible connection when we do, I know it's good for our marriage, right? This isn't like, you know, for men or women, like you always have to say, yeah, like we're not talking about that. We're talking about like, how do you flip that switch when you know that that sexual intimacy, that building that pillar, that having that closeness and connection when it comes, like you aren't feeling it. What are you going to do to strengthen that pillar? What are you going to do to step into it? When you aren't feeling, this was a question we asked on Instagram, when you aren't feeling it, how do you get through or what do you do to overcome? And this one response actually sounds, and I'll, I'll share this with you a little bit in the TED Talk, but somebody said, I remember that I like sex and the connection with my husband that comes from it. That's what they do. They remember they like sex. And in the TED Talk, she, um, Michelle Wiener Davis talks about the fact that, you know, she's telling about a couple and the husband says to her, I just wish my wife would write on her hand, I like sex so that she could look down on it and remember. <laughs> and I'm laughing as I'm watching this TED Talk because I thought, oh, Yeah. <laughs> That would make it super easy. But some of you said things like, you know what? I, I just need to get into a different mental space. I need to laugh and reconnect with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Connection matters. It helps for you to feel like you want to be intimate. You talk th- about things that, you know, I pray until I've had that shift in perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that one too. Yeah, totally. Uh, this was my th- another great one that came out. Old me. Just do it and hope things shift. New me, share that I'm feeling slow to warm up, but we will get there. Mm-hmm. You know, many of you talked about the fact that once the hormones start flowing, you get that burst of energy. And that burst of energy is when that arousal becomes desire. You're engaging in the actions. Some of you are like, this is going to be an episode. I think that is really going to change a lot of marriages because it's going to get into this place where we're, we're not playing tug of war against the desire lines right now. If the two of you have good sexual connection when it does happen, maybe it's infrequent, maybe, you know, it's been this tug of war about frequency. Can we start having the conversation around the actions and foreplay in connection and whatnot that create the arousal that can get to the desire? What are the touches that are meaningful? What are the touches that you're like, okay, this is helping me. And, and ladies, now I'm going to talk to you. You might need to give your husband's a little clue on what's working for you. Don't just tell him all the things that don't work. Like, oh, don't touch me there or don't do that. or do. Like that's super defeating to our husbands because they're like, okay, well, what do I do? Like if there are touches, if there are sweet things that he can whisper in your ear, if there's a way the room needs to be set up that helps you get out of your head and off of the to-do list and stop going through your grocery list and all of those types of things and brings you in and feels good to you and gets those hormones going and all the arousal going, tell him. Mm-hmm. Stop making him do a needle in a haystack experience every time the two of you are trying to have sex. That's really hard for a guy. He's got a lot of anatomy to cover. Help a brother out. Help a brother out. I like that. And and Elisa and I have done this many a ways in different ways in our own marriage from assault lamp, mm-hmm. from diffusers, from, you know, putting on candles to, you know, massaging to using sex toys to like, uh, you know, using pillows, putting things set up, 
you know, putting on the heater if needed, you know, just to make sure that it's warm in the room. And in, in when I say putting on the heater, I'm saying, hey, put the, you know, put the space heater on so it's like blasting Elisa's side of the bed for 10 minutes before you, she even comes to bed. You can tell we're starting to head into fall and winter in San so, Diego yes, that we're we, talking about the like, space heater. <laughs> we, we, we bought flannel sheets the other day. So, you know, it, it, it changes things. Like, think differently. Get outside of it. It's okay. Like, it's your bedroom. It's between you and your spouse. Like, let go a little bit. Really. And, 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 I, and I say that with all sincerity in sense of what is the, what, what's the one little thing that could, that could shift for you? Because I know when we just started trying things, like even just a salt lamp changes the lighting. There's light in the room, but it's not glaring. You know, just adding a diffuser just added some sort of scent to the to the to the room it, it changed some things up it doesn't need to be over the top i'm not telling you to buy a swing and 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 have sex from a swing i know some of you love those got it we don't even have one of those got it what i'm saying is sometimes it can be the simplest things mm-hmm. that can get us to a place of just going like i'm here and yes all of you are going to say, but I got kids and we have kids and we got this going on. We got that going on and this, and I hear you been there, still there. Things still come up. Things still happen in this marriage too. And you know what? They will continue to happen. And yet we will look at each other and go, what are we doing for our marriage? Mm-hmm. How are we going to connect in our sexual intimacy? Sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think when we understand that we can get aroused and the arousal will bring on the desire, that is a mindset shift, shift, shift mindset a mindset shift. shift that will allow us, and it's allowed Elisa and I already to really enjoy that sexual time we get together. Well, this has been a breakthrough for us um, because we had started stepping into this. And like I said, it wasn't until a coaching client shared with me something that he had found. And, you know, I go down this Ted talk and, and, you know, research and whatnot, but getting into this place of saying, you know what, maybe things don't have to be the way they've always been. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's okay to say, Hey, I'm not feeling it right now. Like the, like the one response was, um, you know, I'm feeling a little slow to warm up right now, but we'll get there. But you have to be able to have that communication so, you know, communicate what's going on with you, that emotional intimacy to say, mm-hmm. hey, here's where we're going. I might need a little extra help. We might need to do a little more foreplay. I might need a few more touches. I might need that naked massage. I might need, you know, whatever sets up the mood. I might need that today. But I know, because this is kind of a key tenet of the Six Pillars of Intimacy Framework, I know that when we are close and connected in this particular pillar, it matters to our marriage. It, it, it's, it, you know, it, the same is true for any of the six pillars. But when you look at, as we're talking about sexual intimacy, when you are choosing mm-hmm. to engage and, and that, that when you're not feeling it, I will tell you as a wife who has often not felt it, it is a choice to show up and engage in your sexual intimacy. But like one of the responses said, I remind myself that fulfilling his needs makes us both feel better Mm. because it's the connection that comes on the other side. 
It's the connection that happens in the moment. It's being in that space with your love. And that's a choice. Marriage is a choice. It's a choice you make every single day. And I'm going to challenge you guys this week. Like, have those conversations. If, you know, if you've been listening to this episode and you're like, oh, maybe that's me. Maybe I need arousal. I need to do the action before I get the feeling. This would be a great week to let your spouse know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to say, you know what? It could be really helpful to your husband or your wife if that's where you're at. But don't just tell them this. Start having the conversation on what helps you to get into that space of arousal, which leads to desire. Don't just tell, I mean, don't just like drop a bomb in the middle of the kitchen and be like, yeah, you know what? I figured it out. Like I might not be feeling all the time. I need arousal first and then like walk out of the kitchen. <laughs> Here's something too. We have our 30 days of sex challenge. Oh yeah. And we're coming up into October. We can call which it has 31, we, yeah. which has 31, which is great, but we can call it sextober. Oh. And I would highly suggest picking it up. And you can get it at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 30 days. I'll have a link here in the episode notes. Not to say that you have sex every day. We did. We, we had a, a hug a couple of episodes ago with a couple who said one thing, and pretty much almost every couple will say it. They will take on a challenge. It's much more than sex. Mm-hmm. You learn about one another. And when it comes to this around arousal and desire, give yourselves 30 days. See what happens, learn, engage with one another, but give yourself some time and some space to be able to go, wow, that was interesting. Like, what did we learn yesterday? Because things change, like trying to have sex for 30 days straight or even 14 days or seven days, man, things change and how you have to engage with one another, how you have to engage in your arousal with one another changes and you mm -hmm. learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what? This might just be the month. Sextober might just be the month for you to just go, you know what? We got 31 days. It's a 30-day deal. We got a day to buffer. Even if you make 14 days out of the 30 of actually having intercourse, what could happen to your sexual intimacy when you go, wow, I don't feel like having sex from the start to, wow, we learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I want to have sex right now because I'm just horny as all get out. No, it's like we learned a lot about each other. And we learned that the arousal, we can be in that I don't feel like having sex. And yet we know that if we get each other aroused, that desire is going to come and we're going to be able to say, oh yeah, we want to have sex. Mm -hmm. so it's such an interesting conversation. And I think it's one that as the two of you step into it, it, it it's going to unlock some things for you. Yep. It's going to bring some insights. It's going to, to challenge you to look at your sexual intimacy in a different way. It's going to challenge you to really dig deep into what helps you or your spouse become aroused. And that knowledge, that learning, that's a gift to your marriage. Yep. It's an absolute gift. Yep. All right. So this week, you're, you, what you need to look at is arousal. Mm -hmm. How am I getting aroused? How do I arouse my spouse? That's a big thing. Jump into the 30-day sex challenge to allow yourselves more time and, and concentrated time around it. But that's it. What does arousal look for each of you? You guys have yourselves a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.